0: Hello and welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda.
1: And I'm Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. We're calling this one Psychic Snowflakes. And to start off, I'm going to make a prediction. You're going to stick around for the whole episode. (laughs) The reason you're going to want to stick around for the whole episode is because we're going to play a clip of us making predictions that totally came true. They did. Um, we were psychic as hell.
0: We were so psychic.
1: And I have the proof. The proof is in the pudding. But you got to listen to the whole we episode We have to the find
0: receipts. It. Yeah. That's what the kids say these days. Yeah.
1: We're going to spill the tea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was two old people's attempt at trying to sound youthful and hip and hip uh, it was terrible we apologize for we're that. sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> well you know i was looking at some of our podcast past podcast episodes and i was looking at you know which ones had been most listened to mm-hmm. and one of our episodes uh that we did was a bonus episode called parlor tricks right is one of our most listened to episodes and i hadn't Listen to it probably since we made it a long time ago and i gave it a listen and we made some predictions in that episode that totally were spot on like we were psychic
0: we we really were
1: and it blew my mind and it made me feel awesome (laughs) but it also made me realize that we were psychic and like (laughs) if we're psychic what better topic for an episode than than psychics
0: than psychics
1: yeah because i mean there are people apparently
0: there there are yeah apparently
1: So, this is the Psychic Snowflakes.
0: Well, when I think about psychics, my mind immediately goes to the 90s. Yeah. Because, well, I was there.
1: And, yeah, well, I was going (laughs) to say, when you think about anything, does your mind pretty much immediately go to the 90s? It does, both the good and the bad. Yeah. I have the same (laughs) phenomenon. Yeah. (laughs) But,
0: no, remember in the 90s, all the, like, TV psychics, the infomercials, the... Oh, yeah. Um, the Psychic Friends Network. Psychic Friends. When, but I remember Miss Cleo. Right. Well, she was on a different one. So we had the Psychic Friends Network. That was Dion Warwick. Uh-huh. Remember her? I do. And then there was the Psychic Readers Network, and mm-hmm. that was Miss Cleo.
1: Miss Cleo. Yeah. Yeah, remember? she was crazy. I remember... Seeing commercials for her and they were like all, they were like very low budget commercials with yeah. horrible green screen effects. Yeah. and she yeah. Call me now. Call me now. The cards don't lie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She was like, yeah, she was the tarot reader mm-hmm. psychic, yeah. but that was like a whole thing of like these phone in
1: yeah, it was. psychic
0: hotlines.
1: And then they, they kind of went away.
0: They did. Uh They went away. Um I'm sure they're
1: all on the internet.
0: W- well... So Miss Cleo, her organization, now I say hers, but she didn't own it. She just worked for them. She just worked there. She was actually an actress.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, She was an actress and she was not actually Jamaican. Oh,
1: this, this accent was not real.
0: Right. The entire, like the company cultivated this uh, mm. personality or image and hired this woman to be their face or their spokesperson. I can just imagine, like, (laughs) in, in like,
1: the business meeting, she's like, yeah, I... You know, got a lot of experience doing actressing work. I've done a lot of things. They're like, Can you do Jamaican? And she's like, Yeah, boy. No, like, no, seriously. That's basically hired.
0: yeah, that's basically what happened. They were like, We we want you to make a sound as <laughs> off the boat as possible. <laughs> yeah,
1: you're hired.
0: But here's the thing. So, okay, so Psychic Friends Network, they eventually went bankrupt. And huh. kind of went away Really? Yeah, in late 90s, 1998, they went bankrupt
1: You'd think they'd have saw that coming
0: well, <laughs> oh burn. See what well, I there. yeah, does I, I see that. You're funny. <laughs> Thanks. No, so they went bankrupt in 98 after some like mismanagement of funds because they actually were making pretty good money. Yeah. Um at their peak, they were making 125 million dollars a year Ooh. on those 3.99 a minute phone calls. Goodness gracious. From Americans, yeah. Wow. And then the other one Miss Cleo's organization that was the psychic readers network mm-hmm. they got shut down by the FTC mm. for deceptive tactics because She the, wasn't Jamaican? <laughs> well, well no. I mean she wasn't, but that wasn't <laughs> what they shut it down for. Uh-huh. So you have to also keep in mind so the Psychic Friends Network, they started in, like, the early 90s and uh-huh. then went to, like, 98. Miss Cleo started in 97 and went through to
1: 2003. Okay, so she was late a little later. That's probably why I have such a vivid memory of yeah, her. Yeah, you were a little
0: bit older, too. Mm-hmm. So, but her her company, they got on board with the whole internet thing. Yeah. And so they were sending out solicitations through email because huh. email was new at that yeah. point, but people were getting email addresses. Mm-hmm. And so they were sending out basically spam.
1: I wonder if they typed it in the, the Jamaican accent.
0: <laughs> they were sending out spam, unwanted, making unwanted phone calls too, because oh. what they would do is they were collecting the phone calls of the people who or the phone numbers of people who yeah. were calling in and then Calling and trying to sell them huh. more stuff. Wow. Yeah, so the FTC shut them sounds down. sounds like
1: one of those MLMs almost, like just like- For deceptive practices. It, yeah, it's parasitic. It's not mm-hmm. good.
0: And then, but then Dion Warwick's group, the Psychic Friends Network, they just bad billing, bad money practices, mm-hmm. and they went bankrupt. However, they are actually still around. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. Psychic friends network is still a thing that exists and uh-huh. but it's all digital at this point. Yeah. Cause you know, 21st century and whatever.
1: I think it's easier to make predictions when you have a computer anyway.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> it actually is.
1: Yeah. Well, I also mean in the sense that like if you have a service, right, that like psychic friends, they can like look at your behavior on the website and then make predictions about what they you want to hear.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. They um they're now available through like mobile, yeah. through apps and stuff. So yeah. you can on on Skype or uh-huh. FaceTime or whatever you can call your psychic. It's still three ninety nine a minute. Yeah, though.
1: <laughs> but I mean, I think about that and I think, wow, what easier way for a psychic to know information about you than have an app on your phone that gathers data?
0: Well, here's the thing about psychics. So, so those are like the telephone psychics. Uh huh. There's also the ones that that do like the in person shows yeah yeah you know the the live readings Mm -hmm. or whatever you can go to in cigar bars and yeah (laughs) vegas casino lounges like i've heard tell of such
1: things i've never (laughs) frequented one
0: so psychics have basically like two ways of reading people they have the cold read Mm -hmm. which is where you know they'll size up the person just by looking at them and if they're any good they're usually pretty good at figuring out like based on age, mm-hmm. race, what they're wearing, how they're postured. maybe if they voted for Trump. Yeah, they can kind of tell <laughs> yeah, just by looking at them. That's a cold read. Well, if they're wearing a MAGA hat, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, that's a good... I mean, we're laughing, but that really is how cold reading works. Yeah,
1: I'm sure I would be a lot easier to do if you knew that.
0: But the more um, savvy psychics who do these live readings actually go online yeah, and, and look at your Facebook page mm-hmm. before you go to their show. Exactly. And that's called a hot reading.
1: Yeah. I so, mean, that's what I mean. If you give them you, access to your data, then uh-huh. it's not really psychic anymore. Because when sorta, you,
0: especially the bigger ones, if you're going to like a show like mm-hmm. for John Edward or that uh, Long Island medium lady, right. that kind of stuff, you're buying a ticket. It's got your name on it. Yep. They know where you're going to be sitting.
1: A lot of times you pay with your credit card. You paid
0: with your credit card. Yeah. They'll actually use your information. Go on Facebook. Yeah. Look at your Facebook profile. Yeah. And then make a mental note. Mm-hmm. Okay, this person... Uh, lost their lost a brother last or, year.
1: Yeah, or just announced they're having a baby. No one uh-huh. knows. There's yeah. no way no the way. psychic could have known oh. I was pregnant except for that they I put it on my Facebook.
0: Right. Yeah. That's dirty. They do that. Stuff. I'm sure
1: they do. Uh, like I said, I can imagine it. it yeah. We've got to have access to people's data. It seems like fairly but easy. There's
0: a little bit of like kind of snobness towards that because the real psychics, I'm using air quotes here, mm-hmm. um, who do the cold read kind of
1: yeah. Well, that's got to be Look harder. Look
0: down on the hot reads. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's got to be harder.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. It's more like a performance art that I actually find entertaining, and if you find someone that's good at it, it's it's very impressive if you know what Absolutely. they're doing. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I personally have always found psychics to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Not so much from like the
1: supernatural. Yeah.
0: The paranormal. Let's Mm -hmm. make predictions and Mm -hmm. tell you about your past lives or talk to the dead. Yeah. It's more of like that skill. The technique of the skill set of being so in tune and Mm -hmm. so intuitive of looking at someone and sizing them up so quickly. Yeah. That you're able to make some pretty good
1: guesses about them. You know, I agree. And I would compare it to like professional wrestling in the sense it's like it's entertaining because what they're doing isn't real. That's the thing. Right. It's how real can they make it? Right. That to me is entertainment.
0: The only problem comes when the quote psychic is manipulating feelings, which is what a lot of them are doing, especially Uh the ones that claim they can channel the dead. (laughs) Yeah. It's they're banking on grief. Yeah. And manipulating people who have lost someone, yeah. and they're making money off that. Yeah. And it's pretty gross. And a lot of people call those particular kinds of psychics grief vampires.
1: Grief vampires. Like they're
0: sucking out all the grief. And, that sounds and like make a make good it...
1: name for like an emo band.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And we are... Grief vampire. Yeah. (laughs) I like it.
1: Off of our new album, I don't care.
0: But going back to the 90s now and early 2000s, there was one particular psychic who kept showing up on all the like talk shows and tv networks she was on larry king Mm -hmm. and in particular she was always on montel jordan Mm -hmm. you remember the montel jordan oh yeah i remember montel (laughs) yeah i used to watch i loved talk shows yeah i and i still do yeah i'm a dr phil junkie ah yeah
1: you are yeah you
0: know well montel always had sylvia brown on
1: Mm -hmm, i remember her yeah do you remember oh yeah i remember sylvia brown that
0: lady was fantastic fascinating mm-hmm. to me just like her uh, her appearance the way she you know looked the fact that she sounded like she was a three pack a day smoker yeah. <laughs> like her long fingernails uh-huh. you know and the way she would talk to his guests so she would so Montel would have a show and then he'd bring on Sylvia and basically she'd do readings for different people in the audience yeah. and, and I think part of her appeal was how kind of blunt she was with <laughs> yeah. people uh-huh. she didn't sugarcoat things uh-uh. she'd be like you need to break up with him or you need to tell your mom to you know go away or she was a yankee right i think she was a yankee i think she was
1: from up north she had a kind of a, a northern attitude at least yeah
0: and then she, and she would also quote channel the dead and yeah. you know like well your your son says he loves you and you need to move on <laughs> yeah. so stop trying to keep his room looking exactly like it used to <laughs> yeah Yeah. (laughs) Well, Sylvia was super interesting um, because she had been doing that for a really, really long time. And Mm -hmm. she got to be pretty darn famous Mm -hmm. to the point that in the mid 2000s, she was still offering telephone readings to people. And there was a four year long wait list. Wow.
1: To just get a
0: reading from Sylvia Brown. She also published over 40 books.
1: Well, that's like, I might be dead by the time (laughs) I get to hear from my dead relative. Right.
0: I think, I mean, statistically, people probably did die waiting on that list to to talk talk to to Sylvia. Someone
1: else who was dead. And by that point, it's like, well, (laughs) I can just talk to (laughs) him. You know, don't need your services anymore. uh, Hell or whatever. We're there. We're there. (laughs) In the afterlife. Yeah. She also published,
0: like I said, over 40 books. And a lot of them actually ended up on the New York Times bestseller list because she was so popular. Yeah, people dug it. She was like Mm -hmm. a just a cult icon for the psychic world. Yeah. And so much so that she actually started a church. Yeah. And that church
1: still exists. Wow. See, like she's super eccentric.
0: For anyone interested, the church is called the Society of Novus Spiritus.
1: Novus, sounds Latin.
0: And they're Gnostic Christian Mm -hmm. is how they identify. I went to their Facebook page and I went to their uh, website. Mm -hmm. And they not only, you know, are a church, but Sylvia's everywhere. Mm-hmm. They, like her face is front and center, even though the woman's been dead since 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're still worshiping, Sylvia Brown. Mm -hmm. And on the website, you can go and look at their services that they provide. Uh And one of them is dream interpretations. Yeah. And the other is spiritual counseling. Yeah. So I guess legally as a church, they're not allowed to say psychic readings. right? But... They basically give psychic readings. <laughs> yeah.
1: And what I find interesting about that is they use the label of Gnostic Christians, which basically is like an open invitation to say technically we're Christians who believe anything crazy or anything else we want to believe, right? Like Right. That's yeah.
0: essentially and they even have kind of a definition of what their right views it's are. It's smart. It's smart mm-hmm. because it's
1: like open ended.
0: Part of the reason that Sylvia Brown is even still relevant currently even though she's been dead for several years is that in 2008 she wrote a book called end of days
1: end of days end of days yeah i love it when they say the end is Uh
0: uh-huh and in that book she claimed that a severe pneumonia-like illness would spread around the world oh in or near around the the year 2020 oh shit
1: yeah Dun, dun,
0: dun 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 wow it of course, blew up <laughs> like last year as soon as as soon as I mean, COVID hit. You're right. Um, and that prediction just sort of like rebirthed her popularity
1: even greater right.
0: but the thing is she made thousands and thousands of predictions oh so
1: it's like the shotgun method like just throwing enough out there yeah
0: during her tenure as yeah. a psychic this woman made predictions of like, like literally thousands mm-hmm. of them and the majority of them never came
1: true yeah like the statue of liberty's dress is gonna so
0: fall eventually off. <laughs> this one seemingly was right well yeah i mean you know but it's a
1: pretty open-ended thing yeah like something some kind of virus
0: also, it literally was, like, less than one paragraph in this whole book. There was mm. no further right information about what the virus was or where it came from. Well, I mean, lots of or, people...
1: That, did you ever see 12 Monkeys? That whole There was a movie about that. I well, mean, like, yeah. There's a ton of... Like, that idea isn't original.
0: No, it's not. It's No, definitely. It's yeah. not original. But I'm just saying, like, part of the reason even posthumously she's so popular yeah. is because that happened.
1: Yeah, well... Like, if you make enough, I guess it's like the spaghetti sticking to a wall, right? Right.
0: She also made predictions that were part of, I guess they would call it like psychic investigations. Mm-hmm. She became kind of wrapped up in the world of murders and solving cases and oh, that, helping that. detectives yeah. find missing people and stuff.
1: That can be good or bad.
0: In her case, it was pretty bad. yeah. So, in 2002, she told the parents of 11-year-old Sean Hornbeck, who had disappeared earlier that year, that he had been kidnapped and killed by a dark-skinned Hispanic man with dreadlocks. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hornbeck was found alive Uh five years later, and his kidnapper was a white guy with short hair.
1: Yeah, so, like, a bunch of people got annoyed by the police-
0: Oh, and probably even much worse.
1: Because of her. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's not good.
0: Then in 2004, she told the mother of kidnapping victim Amanda Berry that Amanda was dead yeah, and that her I mean, body was in water.
1: I know Amanda Berry's not right. dead. She's on TV now. Amanda
0: Berry's mother died two years later, still believing that her daughter had been murdered. Yeah, and she
1: she's she's t- television was, shows.
0: Amanda was found alive in two thousand thirteen, uh-huh. having been kidnapped and held captive by Ariel Castro. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and she like helps other kidnap victims now. She's like an activist.
0: So Sylvia was Way wrong.
1: Yeah, that was way off.
0: Way off.
1: And that's bad.
0: And she actually conducted enough um, predictions pertaining to crimes and and murders and kidnappings and things to where people actually went through and did their own investigations to her Mm -hmm. accuracy. And what they found was like basically of the 35 sort of unsolved crime cases she was involved in, like none of them. Was she even remotely close to being right? One of the interesting things about psychics is that for every one psychic, there's at least one, if not more, skeptic that that follows them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So the rise of psychics through the years um, has seen a parallel following Mm -hmm. of skeptics who make a mission out of trying to yeah. debunk or disprove claims mm-hmm. and it, et cetera.
1: The most famous one I could think of would be Harry Houdini. Yes. He yeah. he kind of started at least among magicians it be, becoming a tradition to work on being a skeptic.
0: Yeah, one of the interesting things about a lot of the skeptics is many of them are magicians. Yeah. They're magicians or like the the mind delusionist mm-hmm. type people.
1: Yeah, Chris Angel and like yeah, that they're, James Randi guy.
0: Yeah, they're those kinds of folks Mm -hmm. who have a craft that Uh they do that's meant to intrigue and entrance and make people go, how did they do that? Right um but they apparently don't take too kind to psychics.
1: Yeah, I think the reason is because their job is built on a trust with the audience that what you're seeing is a trick, but I'm so good at it it looks like magic. Right. And that anything that would any person going out there claiming to actually be magic undermines the whole idea of saying no, the entertainment value is in making you think that it's magic. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the 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 rub there. They feel as if they're at counter they're at odds. They're at counter Oh,
0: right. Even back in the 90s some of these skeptic folks infiltrated the the networks. Yeah. And got jobs yeah. as, quote, psychics. That's hilarious. So people were calling and actually talking to the skeptic.
1: And they were trolling.
0: And they were, well, yeah, they were trolling. And they yeah. were saying, like, psychics aren't real. Yeah. You're wasting your money. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, That's things awesome. like that. Nowadays, though, they're still doing it. They're mm-hmm. still, like, infiltrating the psychic you know world. Yeah. But they're using social media to do yeah. it. In particular, Facebook. Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is they'll have a few different psychics that they're following, mm-hmm. as far as like tours and stuff. Obviously, COVID has changed things a bit. Yeah, but psychics have tours, so they go to these different cities and they just like a like yeah. a rock band. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. they have tours, and so these skeptics in their little groups go <laughs> will follow where mm-hmm. they're going, and before the show, a month or more ahead, they will go in and create fake Facebook.
1: Profiles mm, to, to trick them,
0: and what they'll do is they'll make this fake profile look as real as possible. Uh-huh. They'll make they'll add pictures and they'll, you know, purposefully put in things about like the dog died, or yeah, you know, I saw my grandmother for the last time last year, yeah, or, um, or they'll make comments on their own profile about how. I, I wish I could see my dad one more time. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk to him again. And they'll work really hard to make these profiles look legit. And then they'll buy tickets to the show. Yeah. And wear hidden uh-huh. recording devices, either a camera or like recording.
1: Yeah, to prove. To
0: prove during the show that the psychic just simply went to their Facebook profile. Right. This fake... Mm-hmm. Facebook profile to find
1: the information that they're. That's weird. It's like they're weird adversarial deadheads. Like yeah, like they follow them around, and instead of liking yes. them, they're adversarial. Yes,
0: That's and crazy. then they'll take the, those clips, either the audio or the video or both, and they'll upload them online uh-huh. and start spreading. Huh. This is what really happens at these shows. Also, what they'll do is very clever. They'll take they'll just use business cards and they'll put. Um, either the name of the operation, because uh-huh. every sting has an operation <laughs> yeah, name. Yeah, you got to. Um, or they'll put the names of, for example, in the case of Sylvia, when she was on tour, they, they went after her. And yeah. on business cards, they put the name Sean Hornbeck
1: oh. on it
0: and just started handing it out to people in the audience. With the hope that the people in the audience would see either this name of a person and nothing else. Yeah. Or the name of the operation. And they were always really funny names. They did that on purpose. So Uh it would be like Operation Pizza Rolls. Yeah. You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And hoping that people would then go to Google and and Google Google it. What's Operation Pizza Rolls? And then find the Uh write up plus the video and right. audio of the psychic. That I like, it's
1: very subversive. I like yes,
0: it. Yes. They're sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> they're super sneaky about uh-huh. it. And if they're still active today, because yeah. even currently, although COVID's a thing, which has obviously limited a lot of our in-person gatherings, psychics are still very active yeah, yeah. and they're online and they're doing like
1: huh. zoom
0: readings and huh. stuff these days. And, this is an interesting little tidbit for you. There are 95,000 psychic businesses in operation right now in the United States. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had my tarot card read one time. It was very entertaining. I loved it. It was totally worth the money. It was like $10 mm-hmm. for like 30 minutes. And all she did was talk about me.
0: Oh yeah, and that's part of the that's part of why the in particular the psychic friends network did so well and yeah. made so much money was because people formed relationships with these psychics that yeah. they were calling in to talk to. And they could even request the same one right. when they would call in, like, I wanna talk to Barbara uh-huh. or I wanna talk to Billy.
1: I like the idea of I guess the moral of our of our episode here is like I like the idea of spending some money to get a, a stranger to talk about me for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever.
0: Most people do. Most people like... To, I mean, it's human nature. We all like to talk about ourselves. Especially...
1: And, you're going to have to pay a stranger. They're not going to just talk to you about you.
0: Yeah. And if they do, red flag. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, people like to talk about themselves. Uh-huh. And... There's a comfort, a sort of emotional comfort in Mm -hmm. talking to someone about your fears, your feelings, I don't really see that much of
1: a problem with that as long as you know that's what you're doing.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of where the line gets Mm -hmm. quite a bit crossed. Yeah. It's not even just blurred or like tiptoed. It gets crossed because you end up with, like I said, these grief vampires Mm -hmm. and certain ones, certain psychics who are purposefully Mm -hmm. manipulating feelings to get... Money, yeah, and that's where it kind of gets dirty. Yeah, but I do agree that like, I think you can go to a psychic or a palm reader or a tarot reader and see it as like a fun time. To me, I kind of like associate it with going to the casino. Yeah, you know, yep. and, it, and putting twenty
1: dollars in a slot. Like
0: maybe you'll win, maybe you won't. Either way, it was fun. You had you're a good time. For a dopamine hit. Yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah you're that's... paying for
1: a hit of dopamine, which is fine as long as you know that's what you're doing.
0: As long as you know what, yes, what's happening. Mm-hmm. But then there's those who are so vulnerable still because they just lost a loved one or they're in a lot of mental health
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, you know, problems. Crises. Crises yeah. are happening in their lives that they fall more victim mm-hmm. to a predatory nature of the psychic yep. industry. And that's where it's kind of gross. Yeah, that's
1: where it starts to get gross. Right. So speaking of gross, this Mm -hmm. whole topic, it gets gross uh, pretty quick. (laughs) Yeah. Because I I think right adjacent to uh, psychics is uh, telepathy.
0: Oh, like people who can mind read, or
1: think that they can mind read, right, yeah, yeah, um, and that's when it starts to get into into crazy land. Yeah. And I have a story <laughs> that's really going to wrap this all up and to show you the slippery slope that you can kind of go down here. Oh, okay. So there was a man named John C. Lilly. Okay, he was born in like the twenties, right? And he. Was a scientist. He was a countercultural kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So he went to Caltech and studied biology, and then he went to Dartmouth and studied anatomy, and then he went to the University of Pennsylvania and got his medical degree.
0: So he was, yeah, so he was a doctor.
1: Very highly educated, very high IQ, very smart guy. Okay. He contributed a lot to science as a whole. During World War II, he invented some instruments for measuring gas pressure and things like that. He also invented a method of inserting electrodes into mammal brains.
0: Okay.
1: And sending electrical pulses through the electrodes to study the effects on the mammal brains mm-hmm. in order to create what what's called neuroprosthetics, oh. so to repair damage in the neurotransmitters of the brain. And we still use these, and they're called lily waves or lily pulses after John C. Lilly. Oh, interesting. Okay. So he did a lot of contributions so that's all to like- that.
0: Good stuff. Good
1: legit science. <laughs> okay. He also invented the isolation tank for humans that we use currently. Those floating water isolation oh, tanks. Oh yeah. He invented that.
0: They're like coffins, mm-hmm. but it's like I guess underwater. It's or? it's
1: the, what the way it works is it's actually body temperature water. That's okay. salinated with enough salt to where you float you perfectly, float. Okay. and then there's no sound or audio or smell. So, I've heard
0: people have like lost their minds doing that.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, it's you won't lose your mind, but I mean, it's. It's an experience, you know, it's like a sweat lodge <laughs> or any kind of other uh-huh. way to create a sort of spiritual experience, kind right. of artificially. Uh huh. He became very interested in that. He also studied LSD mm-hmm. and would take LSD oh. during the, the 50s and when it was still legal mm-hmm. and stay in his isolation tank. And that's where he started to think of telekinesis and tel- telepathy and started to think maybe your mind could do more uh, than. <laughs> just sit there. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, if you're on a bunch of acid in an isolation sure, tank, you I guess you're probably it makes pretty sense. well
0: convinced that you can just mm-hmm. read someone else's mind.
1: But since he was such an accomplished scientist, um one of the, and he studied mammals, one of the things he wanted to do was study communication with dolphins. Okay. Um dolphin interspecies communication. Mm-hmm. And at the time in the 50s and 60s, NASA was also very interested in studying interspecies communication because if we were ever to meet extraterrestrials we would need to figure out how to communicate with them oh okay and so he was a member of SETI which was the uh, search for extraterrestrial intelligence that's still an organization that goes on today okay so he was very much connected with that and NASA and they were like if we ever did your methodology for trying to communicate with dolphins would work Theoretically, to communicate with aliens. So there's right. a value. They're like,
0: look, they're like, hey, dude.
1: It's not just that crazy of an idea.
0: LLSD man. Yeah. If you can figure out a way to actually effectively communicate with dolphins, maybe we could use that mm-hmm. to one day actually effectively communicate with Martians. Right. And so NASA
1: was like, we will pay you to do this. Yeah, here's
0: some money. Uh huh. So John C. Lilly
1: in 1965 gets together with a lady named Margaret Howe, and they decide to teach dolphins English. And the way they were going to do it is they had two goals. The dolphin must learn to physically say the word, and the dolphin must learn what he is saying. So they wanted the dolphins to speak it in open air, like,
0: hello, Margaret.
1: (laughs) You know, like they wanted the dolphins to talk. Okay. Um, they and
0: also comprehend. And
1: comprehend what they were saying. Okay. And to, to, towards this goal, they built what we got called the Dolphinarium or the Dolphin House.
0: The Dolphin House.
1: They went to the Virgin Islands and this guy renovated an entire house to be able to be open to a deep water, salt water pool and let the dolphin swim into the house and do lessons with this lady in like waist deep water. She lived there for 11 weeks in this house in mm-hmm. salt water, teaching the, with nothing dry teaching trying to teach this dolphin to speak english
0: was the water was it from the ocean or yes they, oh, okay. it was ocean water so like the ocean they opened this house up uh-huh. to where literally the ocean came into it
1: into the house yes and
0: the dolphins came with it the
1: dolphin came with did
0: it. they keep did they get other animals in there too They
1: no they had uh nets and things to keep other animals out oh, okay. um they had uh other dolphins but the main dolphin they went with was, was this one named peter and Peter was a young dolphin, and he was a male, and he was very interested in learning. They first tried with a couple others that were older, and they were less interested. They tried to keep it where the dolphin had, had access to leave and come. And like, they were meeting on neutral ground was mm-hmm. kind of the idea. So the a lot of the other dolphins would just spend their time in the tank having sex with the with the lady dolphins. But <laughs> the young ones were very interested in coming up and talking to people. Okay. And he would sit in his isolation tank while he was while she was teaching this dolphin lessons and try to telepathically connect with the dolphin to help it learn English. That okay. was his plan.
0: So dolphins are down in the house in the
1: house learning
0: with this lady named Margaret. Uh-huh Margaret's trying to teach them how to talk uh-huh and understand what they're saying.
1: And he's above
0: Meanwhile, them. Dr. LSD mm-hmm. is upstairs in his isolation chamber on acid on LSD trying to communicate with the dolphins
1: downstairs telepathically yes yes and nasa's paying for it
0: Yes. in 1965
1: this happened there's Ah. photos i mean it's real yeah there's recordings of it everything okay it got a little controversial he started giving the dolphins lsd people didn't like that that's not a good idea yeah what yeah um did
0: nasa know about that
1: yeah they did um like a and it quickly went controversial because there was another thing that was happening there, mm. and that was that the dolphin was constantly very horny, and Margaret <laughs> what Margaret uh, felt the need to satisfy the dolphin to increase the bond between her and him.
0: What? Wait, what?
1: So she would uh, service the dolphin using her hands and feet, yeah. um, well, with people around and everything, um, to 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 get him to focus. Because like they would let him go bang the other dolphins, and that wouldn't that wouldn't do it. No. So
0: oh she God. wrote she
1: wrote about this in her journal and it got published in um, Hustler magazine Interspecies. species.
0: What? Stuff.
1: Yeah, and that created a lot of controversy. So NASA pulled their uh, yeah.
0: Funding. They were like, dude, you can't
1: you can't just be jacking jacking off
0: dolphins. Off dolphins yeah, and, with our money in Hustler publishing <laughs> yeah, it.
1: Yep so that oh my the,
0: god is that not animal abuse that's yeah animal i abuse. think I,
1: I think that it is it was the 60s i guess times was different
0: and everybody was on acid yeah
1: so after they pulled their funding they had to move from the virgin islands they moved to a house in miami where they renovated to do the same thing except it wasn't nearly as nice mm-hmm. peter didn't like it and committed dolphin suicide oh no because dolphins apparently can do that they can just decide they're done Mm -hmm. Uh, the dolphin that played Flipper did the same thing. I didn't know this, but apparently, uh, if you don't give them what they need, they just stop being a dolphin.
0: Oh, that's sad. I know. It's
1: very sad. And so it has a very tragic ending. And in the end, it's kind of disgraceful. And what happened was bad from this guy who had all the potential in the world, but he went down the path of... Psychicness.
0: And I'm assuming that they never actually telepathically
1: communicated. No, no they did get the dolphins to to uh, mimic human sounds incredibly well, more than you would think. They were nowhere near as good as birds, but they could mimic saying hello. I mean, it'd be like... Aww. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you got the vibe. He was saying hello. I don't think he knew what it meant. But right. what the, the the negative part of this whole thing is that they found that, realistically, dolphins probably can't communicate with humans, at least not via English. If we're going to do it, it's going to be through a mutual way of communication. They use clicks and things, sounds we can't hear. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think what we learned from it, if anything, is that the smartest way to communicate with them would be, like we do with uh, Coco the Gorilla with sign language, a mutual way of communication, not speaking English. That and was also, I ridiculous. feel like
0: on their terms, right? Exactly, because right? it sounds like what they were doing was not on the dolphins' terms. Not really, and that—that's gross.
1: Yeah, it is. It is, and I—I th- I think the what w- I mean it was just it proved a negative. A lot of things that were bad, but that's my point. Is that if you start going down this, this
0: WTF road, NASA, yeah,
1: you start going down this road. And he was—it's not that this dude wasn't smart. It's just he went down the road of. uh Trying to think too hard outside the box. He, well, I
0: think. he went to Crazyland, is mm-hmm. what it sounds like. Yeah, he did.
1: Mm. It's a crazy story. Um, there's a lot to it. You can learn about it. It's called the Dolphin House or the Dolphinarium. John C. Lilly. Look it up. It's crazy. There's photos. I mean, yeah. it, I'm not making any of this up.
0: I'm like, don't try to just just leave the dolphins alone.
1: Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's the slippery slope. Like I said, you get into Crazyland. Like, how do you separate him from from your other psychic friends? Like, where's the line?
0: Right. Yes.
1: That was the point of telling that story. Plus, it's just a fascinating story. And I've never got to mention masturbating dolphins.
0: That's true. On the show. That's I've a always first for this to. show. So Hopefully, a last. Yeah, I'm
1: glad we did it. <laughs> and uh, to end the show, we have a clip uh, that we promised mm-hmm. of us predicting some things. This is from our Parlor Tricks episode. And this is some things we said that totally came true. Keep in mind, this episode was recorded right after the election.
0: It was back in November.
1: And so it was about two months before the insurrection at the Capitol. And we have that for you here.
0: Parlay has said that they will not fact check any posts on right. the platform since they identify as a place free from censorship.
1: Yeah, there. I guess the logic is like if we say there's no censorship, then we can't be held accountable for what anybody says. But that's going to come back to bite them in the ass, I believe.
0: And as of right now, Parlay is funded through angel investors. So it's people that are throwing money at it, but kind of under the radar. Yeah. And that's probably going to change since now there's more and more users on the site. It's probably going to move to being more advertising based, kind of like Facebook, kind of like Twitter.
1: I know what's going to happen. I feel like I can see it because I've seen these people, we'll say QAnon people, for example. I've seen them move from platform to platform, and everywhere they go, toxicity, violence, and porn flood. Yeah, (laughs) follows them. Wherever it is, and then that place cracks down on them because it's inevitable. Probably an act of violence put on film, put up on parlor uh, that causes another uproar, something like that. I mean, I don't know how they're going to prevent it if they don't censor anything.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. No, I like, don't know.
1: Part of this reason we're doing this is because I want to stay with it and watch it and see if it crashes in flames, so that like I'll be yeah, justified. or just
0: to see if it ends up being um, more censored. Like, are they going to? Go back on their stance and say, you know, we actually want to be able to make some advertising dollars. But in order to do that, we have to be a little less gross. Yeah. Because if you were just going to your preferred political leaning Mm -hmm. social media, then you're not ever going to hear or want to hear or read anything to do with the other side. And what's most concerning I feel about sites like Parlay is there's the lack of moderation, the lack of censorship, the the lack of like fact checking. Yeah, it's fascinating, but it's also a little alarming Mm -hmm. because I'm like, how? What kind of um, real world implications is is it going to have?
1: damn we were right
0: we were so right
1: i knew it well i mean that's that's how we roll i guess over here at the psychic snowflakes right and uh if you're psychic you know that that does it for this week's episode of the carolina (laughs) snowflakes podcast If you like what you heard, you can find plenty more episodes at our website,
0: carolinasnowflakes.com.
1: You can communicate with other psychics via, I don't know, psychic connections, or you could use the internet like normal people (laughs) and find us on our Facebook,
0: Facebook facebook.com forward slash carolinasnowflakes.
1: And if you want to meet on the astral plane in chat, I can do that. Or you can send us a good old-fashioned email.
0: carolinasnowflakes at gmail.com
1: gmail.com
0: Thanks for listening. Bye!